special. Um, this morning, church, I'm going to talk about something that's, uh, well, this is the It's Complicated series. And my, the, the title of my message is Carefrontation. <laughs> and that is basically to do with the whole aspect of confrontation in care. Um, and, and this morning, there's probably, um, you know, you know, you go to church and you think, I hope he's not preaching to me. And, and the pastor sometimes says, look, I'm not preaching to anyone here. I want to say, I'm preaching to all of you. <laughs> I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking to all of you. And, and let's face it, we should receive from whoever's preaching. And, and don't ever think, I hope he's not talking to me. I get, I get something out of every single time someone preaches. I'm, I'm receiving... And sometimes I'm, I'm off on a journey receiving while the preacher's still preaching. And I'm thinking, oh, I've got something out of this. I'm, I'm going to run with it. But this morning, this is a very, very simple message. And I want to talk to you about the whole deal of um, there's posture when it comes to dealing with stuff. And there's, there's three main, mainly identified postures. And two of them are not good. <laughs> One is quite acceptable and appropriate when dealing with confrontation. The first posture I want to talk about is the posture of passiveness, being passive when it comes to dealing with stuff. These are the sort of people who have generally have a phlegmatic personality. Um, and by the way, I think the phlegmatic personality is, is right up there. It's about 80% of people don't like confrontation. Um, and they tend to, rather than deal with something, they tend to um, let people walk over them and they feel like they're being righteous in doing that. They feel like, it's a little bit of self-righteousness, to be honest. They feel like, you know, it's okay, you, you know, you whatever. I'll just, like if you got, a, a, you know, a soup at a restaurant <laughs> and it had a fly in it, a passive person would just scoop the fly out and put it there and just, <laughs> and it can't be that bad. Well, an aggressive person, on the other hand, <laughs> is totally opposite. I've got to get some of this water. I've had a... Hang on a sec. I've had a cold, and um, I've probably had some cold and flu tablets, so my mouth's really dry. Um, and I was getting to the point was I could hardly talk. <laughs> um, but an aggressive person is someone who, who tends to be always aggressive about stuff and it's like they, they just think they, they know everything and they'll always say what they think and they don't care and I don't they don't care how to couch things because oh, if they don't like it too, too bad you know you know they're, they're very in in um insensitive and they they're tactless and you know if they got a fly in their suit they'd make a huge scene call a waiter over and what the hell's that fly doing in my suit you know what sort of a restaurant is this and a waiter will probably look over and oh, it looks like he's doing back, back, backstroke or, you know. <laughs> but the reality is, they'll take, you take this away and bring me back and, make, and oh, I'm not going to pay for it. So, you know, like that whole deal, that attitude. And of course, when it comes back, there'll be no fly, but there's no guaranteeing there won't be something else bad in that soup after you've talked like that to somebody. And that, they're the two extremes. And... A balanced and healthy personality lives in between. A, a, this person here does not respect themselves. They let people walk over them 
and they respond in a way that's disrespectful to themselves. This person over here doesn't respect other people. And so they live in a manner and respond in a manner where they don't care about you, they don't care what you think, they have a big self-ego, and that's all that matters. Whereas a person in the middle, we call it assertiveness, they're able to respond with a respect for themselves, but also respecting other people. And they're able to talk in a manner which shows that they can deal with stuff, they're prepared to deal with stuff, but they're prepared to do it in a way that has the right posture about it. Now, it's really good to live in this zone. The good thing about living in this zone is that you can choose to go this way a little bit without disrespecting yourself because you're coming from a posture of self-respect and you can move to this way and say, it doesn't matter, I'm okay. Or you can move to this way a little bit if you need to when someone from Optus is you know, not giving you... <laughs> you know, like you've got to... I actually, I've got a little story. <laughs> I've said, I've, I've shared this with people years ago in church, so if you've heard this one, forgive me. But I, I used, I used to, um, years and years ago when the banks were behaving badly, <laughs> and they still are, trust me, um, I, I, had a, I got a second mortgage set up with my bank. And the very first payment, and they set it up, and they, they supposed to set, come, the money was supposed to come out of a certain account, and when they set it up, the first payment for that mortgage, so we got, wasn't really a second mortgage, we got refinanced. Anyway, the money was, trying, they tried to draw the money out of the wrong account. <laughs> so we defaulted on our first payment. And so, I, you know, you've got to ring them up. And I just don't like all of that time that I have to spend that I could be doing something else. And you'll be surprised how many hours of time you'll spend, you will spend in life. I mean, you, you're not surprised. I mean, NBN, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And then when they don't turn up, it's like, oh, yeah, we just got busy. It's like, yeah, but I took a whole day off work to be here. You know, it's like, unbelievable. Anyway, with the bank, I rang them up, and they were very nice about it, and sorry about that. Yes, it's our fault, da, da, da. I said, so you're going to pay me $30, right? What do you mean? I said, you made a mistake. You're going to pay me $30? They said, oh, it doesn't work like that. I said, well, how come when I make a mistake, you charge me $30? They said, well, that's the way it works. I said, well... That's the way it's going gonna, it's gonna to work differently this time. And I said, you're going to pay me $30. I said, I don't need it. You can have a look at my bank account. I don't need it. But out of principle, I want you to pay me $30. And guess what? <laughs> that, I think I'm the only one who ever beat the banks. <laughs> but it was because I, was, I wasn't rude. I wasn't... You know, I wasn't, oh, okay, that's the way it works, I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> Pull me in, my hands in my crotch, and, you know. I, passive people really do recoil from all of that. But I was like, I, I'm, principles get me into trouble. Because <laughs> I stand on principles, and I just don't give up. And I feel like, no, 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 there's a principle here. And I'm not about the money or this, I'm about a principle. And if, if you're a person who's born again, filled with the kingdom of God principles, then you want to be radiating the principles of heaven and you want to be standing for justice and all that sort of thing. So, carefrontation. For most, sorry, the outcome of today's message is for people to cultivate healthy conflict and communication in their relationships through communicating the truth with love and wisdom. Now, 
I am not giving you permission this morning to get aggressive. <laughs> but I am giving you permission this morning to have a voice. And to have a voice that is respectful and that is upright and that is um, motivated by truth and love. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. Up on the screen there. It says, then we will no longer be infants, mark that, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, <laughs> we will grow to become... Uh, to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The main key point here is, it's a, the juxtaposition of this statement, of this scripture is that if you don't speak the truth in love, if you don't deal with stuff, you will be thwarted and immature in your Christian growth. So dealing with stuff helps you to grow as a Christian. Here's the thing. You know, does, does anyone know that the Bible tells us to forgive people? All right. If you shy away from people, you can avoid having to forgive people. But if you avoid having to forgive people, you will never experience the breakthrough and the growth that having to forgive people brings. You can say, I want, to I want to move in faith. Let me tell you something. If the Christian life is always rose, a bed of roses and nothing ever happened to us, which is sometimes what we pray, God, God's got favor on me, I just want everything to be okay, then why would you need faith? See, there's stuff that comes with us. There's stuff that God has given us not to just sort of avoid the world and avoid stuff and avoid confrontation. It's so that traveling through this, you will have the tools to come out the other side a bigger and better, braver, wiser person. The stuff you go through is the stuff that you need to go through to be able to help someone else go through some stuff as well. So just understand this, that conflict is sometimes a golden opportunity for you to grow. Conflict. And, and who, who knows? Who knows here that conflict comes mostly in the form of people? <laughs> you know, your dog doesn't give you that much conflict. <laughs> you know, your boss, he's a person. Your workmates, they're people. Your church friends, they're people. You know? That's why getting into a connect group, even into a connect group where there's people that like, yeah, I don't like that person. It's like, I don't really like it. It's good for you. It's good for you because it will help you and your personality to mature and grow. And so embrace it. Embrace it. And <laughs> let me tell you about people who don't embrace it. Let me just, uh, I've got my reference Bible here, my preaching thing here, and somehow I've got a the two have to meet. Okay. 
This is a psychologist. His name is Dr. Todd Linneman. And he says, when it comes to people avoiding conflict, he said, overcoming the fear of discomfort due to conflict is important for three primary reasons. So we all know that conflict is not comfortable, okay? And <clears throat> there's probably 80% of people in this, this room here avoid it, okay? So the first reason why you shouldn't avoid it is because conflict avoidance often leads to emotional suppression. When we bury... This is the best quote I've ever heard. When we bury our emotions, we bury them alive. How powerful is that? That is... They haunt us. You know, we try to suppress them, but they're, they're there and they haunt us. They, they can fester and show up when we least expect it. And it's, that's the truth. Often it's the repressed... A person who's repressed feelings ends up being the post office killer. <laughs> so I'm, look, I'm watching... <laughs> so it's true. There's sometimes they, they just they break and they just you know and I, and, I, and I'm not saying for any for one second to just let your emotions run free and be I'm not saying that at all. I'm, just let me finish the message before you take judgment here. The second the second reason is that why people avoid and why they shouldn't avoid is that avoidance of conflict reinforces irrational fear. You know. Um, I'll, I'll go on a bit here. It says, for example, if I address this concern, I'll be rejected, hurt, or criticised, or I'll look foolish and feel humiliated if I speak up. Although you can experience hurt feelings and, or embarrassment, the truth is they won't destroy you or devastate you like your fear. Your fear will, just, will more likely devastate you or destroy you. And finally... By avoiding conflict, you miss out on opportunities for growth. This is a secular guy. He's saying you miss out on opportunities for growth. Growth always involves change, and even positive changes often involve some level of tension and discomfort. All right. So learn to embrace things that cause you a little bit of discomfort. I mean, I love comfort. I love, you know, I'm a creature. I've, and the older you get, the more you love, you know, your cycles, your patterns. And the older you get, the more your patterns become like get up in the morning, take your pills. <laughs> take all your pills, <laughs> etc. Anyway, Christian maturity needs healthy conflict. Then we will no longer be infants. Uh, infants. That's what that scripture was saying. Faith is developed by challenges. As iron sharpens iron, so men sharpen men. And... For effective conflict communication, Paul instructs the Ephesians church towards speaking the truth, but in a posture of love. So love is the basis of dealing with stuff in order to be a mature person in a body of Christ. Truth refers to having open communication where both people can communicate their needs, feelings, wishes and opinions. And at times, communication between two people may require the need to address, challenge, correct, or rebuke someone when this is the case. And these words must be done in love. You know, one other thing I wanted to say about... And to me, I mean, we know aggressive people. They, they stand out like a sore thumb. They're rude. They're obnoxious. They, they need a good, you know... <laughs> and we love to, have, love to see them get their comeuppance. We, we understand that. But trust me, passive people, there's a lot of 
there's a lot more issues with passive people and their emotions and their stuff when, when they just let people walk all over them. Do you know, if you, don't, if you let people walk over you, and if, here's the thing, if, you, if you're one of these people who's like, you think you're a peacemaker, right? Just by saying sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. That is not making peace. That is seeking peace. Is not making peace. Do you know, people who are passive are the worst people at saying, I'm sorry. They say it all the time, but they never come from a position of truly owning the issue because they're saying sorry because I've been forced to say sorry and I'm being a martyr. Think about that one. Think about that. To be truly sorry means that you, you acknowledge and own the issue and, so, and have strength enough to say, look, I did the wrong thing, say what it is, and I'm sorry, and I'm going to do something about changing that. Not just saying, sorry again, sorry again, sorry again, like pastor again, <laughs> spagball again. <laughs> we've got to do it. We've got to, we've got to rise up. We've got to take ownership. And, and, here, and one other thing, if, if you're a passive person, your responses are always passive, and you look at that martyrdom, martyrdom thing going, you have a target on you. That person over there who's aggressive will, target, will aim, aim for you every time because they're bullies. And they don't tend to confront this person here because they know they'll stand up to them. But they will confront this person here and unfortunately you will get that time and time and time again until you stop and say, I'm not going back to the back of the bus today. I'm not doing it. And you make a decision and say, I'm, gonna, I'm not dealing with this. I am not accepting this. And that's aggressive, sorry. I'm not, you know, I'm just... <laughs> you know what I'm saying. All right. So, Proverbs chapter seven, 27, sorry, verse 5 says, Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Wow. It's better an open rebuke than a hidden kiss from a spirit and a from a place that is deceitful. Because if a, an open wound or an open rebuke comes from a place of love, then it's, it's better for us. There's a scripture where Paul tells the church, sorry, it's in Luke, so it can't be Paul. It's in Luke chapter... Yeah, chapter 17, verse 3. It says, If your brother sins, rebuke him. Wow. <laughs> Who? The elders of the church? No, you. You can. You can. You can rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Straight away, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. So he's helping us with the posture and dealing with things is also in a, in a posture of receiving forgiveness. But here's the thing about this. It is, it is our job as Christians sometimes to say something to someone. You know, even though, you know, there's a whole attitude these days of like, no, no, I'm not saying anything. And you know what's destroying the ability to say something right in a right place? Twitter. It's destroying people's ability to speak out about something because there's so many of these people in that place who just want to howl you down and stop. I don't, I don't tweet anymore. <laughs> I used to think, oh, this is great. I can say stuff about stuff. 
I don't go there anymore because it's just such an aggressive place. But you, as people, we have a responsibility when it comes to our brothers and sisters to be able to speak into their situation in love, not just the pastor. Like, say to our brother, you know, you really think you should be looking at that? Or, you really think you should be doing that? I mean, that's, that's not right, man. That's, that's not good. And you know what? It, you have no right. We have no right to judge the world. None. Paul says, they're not a, they're, we don't, don't judge the world because they're not, a, they're not under our laws and, you know, and whatever he says. <laughs> but he says, don't. Don't judge the world. Judge the church, yeah. Judge your brothers and sisters, but don't judge the world. That's why when it comes to making broad statements about the world and about them going to hell, don't go there. Just don't go there. It's not good. It's not healthy. And I'm not saying to, to judge your brothers and sisters in a condemning way either. Everything that we do must be to breathe life into situation and bring light into situation, not to bring condemnation and darkness. So there's got to be, you've got to come from the right spirit. I've got to tell you now, even when you preach, I can preach this message today because I've got no issues with anyone in this church. But man... When you're pastoring a church, sometimes there's issues you've got with And it's like, oh, God, help me. Help me not to say anything that's coming from the wrong place. Because I know that that is not a good thing ever. And when you're speaking from a, a place like this, this is, this is a God-ordained place. You know that, don't you? That's why I get so nervous about standing up here. So, number one, speak with love. Speak with love. As much as it is up to us, cultivating an atmosphere of love, in our relationship creates a strength of trust, security, and security, sorry, that enables the necessary amounts of truth to be effectively communicated. That's a pretty good statement. I'm not going to say it again. Truth is best received when planted into a relational climate of love. So if, there's, if you're coming from a place of love, truth can generally be received well because it's coming from the right spirit. When we cultivate a culture and atmosphere of love around our relationships, we will find that truth is more effectively received and delivered. And speaking the truth is the loving thing to do. It's, it's warm. It's fuzzy. Truth in that context is warm and fuzzy. Love is the soil in which truth grows. Confrontation, or carefrontation, as we call it this morning, is most effective when people know that you care. And you know what? Witnessing to people is most effective when people know that you care. You know, the fact that you're telling them to get, they're going to go to hell is not a good posture. The fact that you're saying, man, I don't, want miss you to, I don't want you to miss the opportunity of a lifetime and I want you to have what I've got because it's so good, that's a much better posture rather than to stand on a corner with a Bible. You know, if you don't repent, repent, or you go on to hell. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, that is just not... The message of the gospel. Never. Love is a verb. It's a doing word. I know what a verb is. Don't know what all these other things are, like <laughs> pronouns and adjectives. I know what adjectives But it's a doing word. Love is actually, you know, an active thing. We can't love people without being demonstrative. It, has, it comes out. It oozes. It leaks. So if you're dealing with someone in, a, in the right... I always go this way, don't I? How do you feel, James? Is that okay? <laughs> I'll come. <this> way. 
<laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> so if you're dealing with someone always in love, and then when you talk to them to, to you know confront them, then they know. They might not always respond well in that situation, but they know. I had a friend. We had a school reunion, a hundred-year reunion of our high school last weekend. I'm not. <laughs> I just. I've got good beauty cream. Um, and the school's been going 100 years, but we booked a table with a bunch of friends from our class and we went up there. And a dear old friend I haven't seen for years and years and years who used to be part of a church that we went to and I was in the music team. And Anyway, there was a situation and, and I had to confront her. It was a lady. about, it, And we were young and, and she didn't like it at the time and it sort of caused some, some conflict and that. But, you know... Before she left, she didn't talk to me, she talked to Lynn. She said, oh, I just felt so bad about this. I'd forgotten about it. I'd totally forgotten about it. And I had to scratch my mind to remember. And she said, oh, years ago when Phil confronted me about this, I was wrong and I did the wrong thing. And she said, I felt guilty about it ever since. And, and Lynn just said, you know what? Phil hasn't, Phil hasn't, Phil's fine. You know, we're just, just doing what we felt was the right thing at the time. But she... Even though she didn't respond well at the time, she took it on board. And you know what she said? She said, it made me feel convicted. And I thought, isn't that what? Conviction is a good thing. You should love conviction. You should love to come to church and feel like getting convicted about something. And never walk out of church thinking, yeah, that was, someone else needed to hear that. <laughs> if, if only my wife was here. <laughs> I'll go home and tell her about it. <laughs> John 3, 18. Is that, have I, what's the clock saying? It's not, not up. What are we doing? Are we f nearly finished? Yeah. John 3, 18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So the second thing I want to say is speak with wisdom. Wisdom. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you were still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. This is a very, very powerful scripture. The way I read it says, don't let the sun go on your, down on your anger, okay? So stay up and fight. <laughs> That's the way I see it. I actually believe, and my, Lynn and I have been married... Sarah? How many years? 36? 37? 37 years. I knew that. <laughs> I'm a mere male. I don't remember things like that. But I just know the date when it's time to give flowers. <laughs> I know that. I've learnt that one. We've been married 37 years. I can honestly say and stand before you today and say as a good Christian couple, we have fought vigorously. <laughs> we have fought. I will never say to you as a church that we never fight. We're so mature. and We have fought vigorously. And, you know, we love each other desperately. And I think the reason why we fight vigorously when we, we fight, it's all clean, trust me. You know, there's, there's rules. <laughs> but sometimes we take the gloves off. <laughs> but truly, church, it's worth fighting for. It's worth it. And, and that's why we're at where we are. And I'm not saying our marriage is the best by... And by the way, these guys are doing a pop-up thing this morning. 
I recommend you come and hear some great words from these guys because they're, they're a great, great couple and they obviously have you know, got a handle on some things. But let me tell you something. You, know, you don't live life without confrontation and in a marriage relationship, learn how to deal with it. You know, if you don't, then you go a week without talking to each other, truly, and uh, you'll have the you know, ship passing ship Morning, morning, and all that sort of stuff happening, unless you deal with it. And it's like, who can see, who, who can break first? You know, I'm not going to, you can get all, you know, proud and I'm not going to say sorry and I'm not going to, and then all it takes is just one person to say, look, you know, come on. Just one person to get off that high horse and say, I love you and I want to sort this out because I love you. So can we talk about it and can we deal with some issues? And, and you'll find the walls go down and suddenly there's a... Because you're actually dealing with it. If you just hide it away and keep not dealing with it, or if you say sorry and think that's it, there'll, there'll be coldness and issues and innuendos and undercurrents and all that sort of thing. So I want to tell you this morning, I'm going to finish here, but I want to tell you this. Jesus dealt with it. He dealt with the issues of mankind and relationship so that you could be free to live a life free of being encumbered by all sin. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour this morning, he wants to give you the best gift of all, and that is his son, Jesus Christ. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, whoever, believes in him, shall not perish, but shall have a, a, eternal life, everlasting life. If that's you this morning, and you know you need a breakthrough, you need, you need God's help, because I t- I'm telling you now, we talk about the context of love, dealing with stuff in love. How many people know what the Bible's definition of love is? <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. Love is... Not proud, is not rude, does not easily boast, is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. It always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. <laughs> the Holy Ghost. Jesus. It's the only way. I can't, I can't live that sort of love. I try, but I know I can't do it without God. So you need God this morning. I'm talking to you. I am talking to you. You need God. We all need God. Let's just close our eyes, bow our heads. If you are here this morning and you need a breakthrough, you need, you know you're not in relationship with God. Maybe you're here because you're, you're, you feel like you need to come back to God. Well, if that's you in either way, this morning I want to give you an opportunity to make that connection because God did confront conflict he confronted the devil the greatest conflict that you'll ever have to confront he did it for you he's here this morning knocking on the door of your heart and so if you want to receive him this morning you want to make a decision say yes I'm going to step forward and I'm going to I'm going to embrace God and I'm going to take that take that that uh, gift of everlasting life and I'm going to use it to serve him. If that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand and indicate to me that you want to make a decision for God. 
just what we're praying on. I'm not going to linger here much, much longer. But if you need prayer this morning to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord right now, while we're praying and bowing our head, just raise your hand right now. I'll acknowledge you. I'll pray for you. But you'll get a great breakthrough this morning. I don't want you, I don't want you to not to miss out. I don't want you to miss out on the life that I've discovered. It's an amazing life. It's an amazing life. God wants you to live your best life right now. Just lift your hand. Let me see your hand. I'll ask you just one, one more moment. I'll just stay here. One more moment. Okay. All right. Let's all stand right now. give people an opportunity this morning and for some reason I've got a real burden for people who feel like you've just you've let you've, you've, you've just been passive and you've, you, you've not been able to stand up and I'm not talking about standing up in anger and reacting, I'm talking about just being confident to be able to respond in a confident way and in love you always felt, you've always felt pushed down. And it's not necessarily someone else's fault. It's just something that you've, you know, you've, your environment, your upbringings, and maybe your self-thinking, your world, your view, has caused you to take on this sort of posture. Well, I have a burden this morning that I want to, and I want to see it released. And God wants to set you free from that. God wants you to know you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God wants you to know that you are a child of God. God wants you to know that He loves you, cares for you, He looks over you, and He trusts you to be able to deliver the truth because truth is truth. Truth is truth is truth in a posture of love. If that's you this morning, and maybe you're... you're I don't know, but maybe if you are from the other end of things and you know that your, your behavior is a little bit aggressive and your default mode is to be aggressive rather than respecting others, then you need, I'm telling you as a, a pastor in love, you need to stop that. You need to deal with that. I'm not saying you need to change your personality, but you need to let the, the fruit of the Spirit temper you. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faith. Meekness, temperance, self-control, self-control, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. So right now, church, if you need prayer just to be able to deal with conflict in the appropriate way, I just want you to come forward. I want you to come forward. I'm going to pray for you. You're going to get a breakthrough this morning, providing that you let the Spirit of God have access to the deepest parts of your spirit and your heart.